0: Today, on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, in Melbourne, Florida.
1: God is for us. He's for you. He knows you're hurting. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent him because we're here in a world that, well, it's hurtful there's disastrous things happening. So Jesus, watch me, here's what Jesus says. In that day in the synagogue, he looks them in the eye and he says this, I'm here and I care about the details in your life.
0: Believer, when you're in the depths of despair, in a seemingly hopeless place, you can feel like God has abandoned you, but that's because you've forgotten who's in control. Our God is able He can bring us up out of the dark. Just trust Him. As we'll hear in today's message, God is for us. He will always provide in His timing. He sees our needs and has made a promise to be with those who trust in Him. As it says in Jeremiah 32, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Even better, when he's ministered to us, he then puts us in a position to help others, to relate to them the hope that we all have in Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, as we continue in our series entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything.
1: wants to free us and open our eyes and illuminate us to the truth. Only forgiven people go to heaven. I can't open your eyes. I wish I could. I pray every weekend, God, open the eyes of those people listening to the truth. I can't do it. I teach the truth, but only God can open your eyes. Next, only God can break oppressive habits. In Jesus' day... When he walked into the synagogue, the reason crowds came to where Jesus was is they were fed up with dead religion. The rabbis thought there were 613 commandments in the law. Consequently, the people struggled over with this burden. They couldn't meet them. They couldn't keep them. So it was dead-ended. Our world is filled with dead-end religion. People going through form. Maybe you come today and you're doing your Christmas deal. I'm glad you're here. But we're not here to do religious deal. This church is far from perfect. Two reasons. One's me. The other one's you. (laughs) Am I right? And by the way, I don't want you here in VR going, well, not us. Yeah, you too. (laughs) All of us are imperfect. But I can tell you this, this is a place where the Spirit of God is real. This is a place where you can come in, it doesn't matter who's here, you're going to hear the anointed teaching of the Word of God. And this is a place where God sets people free. We're not in the dead religion. I mean, praise God, I'm not wearing a tie this morning. Hallelujah. (laughs) I can wear a sweater. Some of you remember those days. You what? Man, we had guys here Friday night. Remember I told you you had to dress up, guys. And some of the guys walked over and go, look, I, I, I ironed my jeans. I ironed my jeans. <laughs> Aren't you glad it doesn't matter what you're wearing this morning, as long as you got something on? <laughs> Who cares, right? We're not into dead religion. Jesus came into a place where the people were fed up to hear. And they couldn't take it. And he says, I've come to bring you, remember, he says, I came to bring you grace and truth. Not the law. None of us could keep 613. You're here because of God's grace. they have given up with dead religion. Bring your friends oh, who are in the dead religion. Bring your friends who are not going to church at all. Bring them here. You speak to them so they can be set free. And last, last definition of hurting people, maybe the biggest, only God can give people hope. The people in that synagogue had been waiting, of course not them, but through the, through the years, 700 years to the Messiah, there was no hope anymore. They'd given up. And then Jesus said, no, I'm he. I'm the guy. What is hope? Let me give you a definition of hope. To look forward with confidence or expectation. To look forward with confidence or expectation. I wonder how many of you here in our campuses today are here with no hope. When we fear the worst, hope reminds us that, well, there is a God. When you get that medical report and the doctor sits you down and he basically says to you, there's no hope, well, who are you going to turn to? By the way, don't look at me strange because really probably more than 90% of us as we live, one day that is the record we're going to receive. When we're discouraged and tempted to quit Hope says, no, 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 don't do it. Don't throw in the towel. God's for you. When everything seems dark ahead God says, no, 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 no. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You see, Jesus said to these people he had brought them the favor of the Lord. I love that statement. The favor of the Lord. That's that's a beautiful statement. Do you know the blessings which God created his people, Jesus said, are now available. There's going to be a change. No more dead religion. I've come to bring you the favor of the Lord. By the way, we're still today in God's grace and goodness and favor. So... We see this definition of hurting people today. All kinds of, well, just, we picture it. We picture all those kind of things happening. So the second most important question is this. Well, how does God use me to minister? Because I know it's not going to be me, but how does God use me? Well, I'm going to give you three definitions of God, and I want you to write that down so you'll see that in a moment. But let me just show you a simple way God uses us. Every year we go to the flea market and we wrap gifts for free. And up, here's the fusion group. That's our 20-something group that meets Sunday night. And, and they're wrapping gifts for free. So these are young guys, college guys. This is an older group of people doing the same thing. Now, let me ask you a question. When somebody comes up to that table and says, what do you mean free gift wrapping? And notice down at the bottom, what's it say? No, we won't take any money. You know what? A lot of people go like, alright, how much is it really? Where's the plate I have to give? And when you say to them, no, we're not interested in giving. Well, what's the catch? There is no catch. We just want to wrap your gift for free because God loves you. Really? Now, let me ask a question. Some of you guys don't know this. Do you know why we never take a, a, an offering? We never receive an offering on any Christmas Eve. Why is that? Because we want the people to even, they didn't take an offering. You mean they're not in it just for our money? You're exactly right. It's a free gift from us to you. Because that's what Jesus' gift is. Now, put that picture back up just for a second. I want to ask you a question. You say, Pastor Margaret, if I go and wrap gifts, is that like extending the love of God to a hurting world? Hello? Yes! Now, can anybody do that? Sure you can. Now, I couldn't wrap the gift, but I can hold my finger while my wife does the bow deal or whatever. Some of it, you wouldn't want the gift. It, they would pay somebody else to do it. <laughs> but at least we can go there. I, I'm serious. Let me, let me look at my face. Could you have two hours of your time to go and minister to somebody else? i Pastor, aren't I just too busy? Then you're too busy. That's simple. But that's touching people's lives. Don't make it complicated. While I'm waiting for the guy with the demon, I'm going to cast him out. Don't make it too complicated. (laughs) Just do what God brings you to do, all right? So let's look at these characteristics of the God we're presenting. Notice on your bracelet it said, our God provides. What does that mean? Here's the first one. Our God is here. He's present. Turn with me to John chapter 1. We'll be right back. Keep your finger right where you're at. We'll be right back. John, John chapter 1. Who is this God? Who was Jesus? Now I'm going to read you some statements. End up. It's good to put your thinking cap on for a moment. Verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Now for those of you that are new to our Church or new to the Bible, the word is capitalized. Notice that means Jesus. In the beginning was the word Jesus, and the word uh, Jesus was with God. And the word Jesus, notice, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him were all things made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So the word was with God, the word was God. He not only dwelt with God, but Jesus was God. Now that's hard for us to understand, but the Bible teaches us, even though none of us can totally understand it, the Bible teaches that there's one God in three persons in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three of those persons are God. So as Jesus was standing there in the synagogue, here's what he was saying. I'm God with skin on. I'm God. So that would give them an idea. Whoa, God? Then God is God. He can like do anything. So that began to dawn on them, even though they didn't believe it. But later, believers would understand it. Here's a statement. You don't need to write it down, but you need to believe it. Jesus is God. God. I don't believe you can become a Christian unless you believe that. I also don't believe you can become a Christian unless you believe in the virgin birth. Do you know today, there's many people that do not believe this. The cults don't believe this. Jehovah Witnesses don't believe this. By the way, in case you didn't know, the Mormons don't believe this. That's why they they will say they're like us. They are not like, they're wonderful people, but they're 100% wrong. Jesus is God. So that's what Jesus was saying. And notice the next statement, verse 4. In him, Jesus, was life. He who has the Son, a relationship with Jesus, has life. He who does not have the Son, doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, does not have life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Understanding what that means, that word life simply means that when you are born, there's physical life. But when you're born again, there's going to be spiritual life. So Jesus, standing there, was saying to these people, I'm God. So the God is going to meet your need is me. I'm God. The Father's God. I'm God. The Holy Spirit's God. Now turn right back to where you were, Luke 4.18. Look what Jesus, how he says it at the beginning. He brings in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, notice, capitalized, of the Lord is on me, verse 18, because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Jesus was simply saying again, God is here. God's Holy Spirit, his power is on me so I can minister to any need. Let me ask you a question. Is God still with us when we go out and we look at these bracelets and we go out and minister to hurting people? Is God still present with us? Yes, He is. How do I know He's present with us? Because of this next statement, write it down. When I go out, I'm not ministering in my wisdom. I'm not ministering in my strength. I'm not ministering in my power. God is here right now because God lives inside you. When you become a believer... God puts the Holy Spirit inside of every believer. So wherever we go, whatever wisdom we need, whatever direction we need, whatever help we need, whatever comfort we need to give to people, we have it because God lives inside of us. God is right here. He lives in me. So I don't have to depend on myself at all. God is going to work through me. God is not going to open his mouth I'm going to open my mouth. God is not going to wrap the gift. I'm going to wrap the gift. But God's going to give me that ability to meet hurting needs. So number one, Jesus said, here's the God you need to know. God is here. He's here right now, this morning. Number two, our God. Here's what Jesus was saying. Our God is able. Our God is able. Now, I don't have time, but a little homework for you. Go to Genesis... 22 this week, and read the story of Abraham bringing his son as a sacrifice to God. And that's where we're introduced to one of the names of God. God has many names. Here's one of the names, Jehovah Jireh. And what does that mean? It'd be good for you to write down the name and see what it means. Notice, because the God that you have in you is this God. The Lord will see to it. Or the Lord will provide. You know, when I look at a lot of needs people have, I can't meet them. But it's not up to me to meet them. It's to introduce them to God who will meet them. You see, Abraham discovered that God could provide anything exactly at the right time. It wasn't exactly the time Abraham wanted. But at the very last moment, God said, I will provide myself a sacrifice. Take Isaac off the altar. You see, remember that the great I Am who lives in you sees our needs and wants to provide for those needs. God has promised to meet us where we are and to help us to meet the problem of those that he directs us to. There is not a problem for God in any situation because nothing is impossible with God. Jeremiah 32 says it like this. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind, rhetorical question, is anything too hard for me? No. Why? Because he's God. We have to. And we're challenged to believe God can supply whatever is needed in our life and the life of somebody else that we're ministering to. That's the God we present to them. Not a religion, not Calvary Chapel, not Pastor Mark. We present to them God, our God, because he is able to meet any need. Jehovah Jireh. Remember, on our bracelet, it says, our God provides. Whatever they need, God will supply. So number one, God is right here. Number two, the God that we present is able, nothing too difficult for him. And here's a third one, write it down this morning, please. All of our campuses, our God is for us. Our God is for us. In verse 19, it's the verse I read earlier. Remember, he says, I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus had come to bless the people. Most people today have a wrong concept of God. But God wants to, and he loves to bless people. He's not against you this morning. Well, Pastor Mark, if you look at what's in my life, he's got to be against me. No, that happens. It rains on the just and the unjust. He's for you. John 3.16, he loved the world that he gave. John 3.17, we don't read it. He did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So the things that those people are going through, we need to just understand that Everything we have in our life this morning is a blessing. We live today in God's favor, even in spite of the difficulties. So you're going to be hurting, and you're going to learn how to come through that, so you can minister to other people that are hurting. I don't want you to write this statement down, because this is how God uses us, every one of us. So let's understand this. God wants to provide for you, because you and I have needs. And then he wants to provide through you. We can't be selfish. We can't just be thinking about ourselves. In fact, the scripture says it's better to give than it is to receive. That's a scripture principle. You can never, never, ever, ever outgive God. So, what are hurting people? Most hurting people outside of here, outside of believers, are far from God. So they're searching. They're hurting. They're confused. And they don't have any answers. So God brings them to us so we can share with them. Now, I want you to see a passage and see how this plays into our final thoughts. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, and it goes like this. Jesus said it. Ask, and it will be given to you. So you're going to meet a person. You're going to meet a person this week. And you're going to ask for God to open doors to meet hurting people. And so you're going to ask. And by the way, it will be given to you. It will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. God, uh, you get up in the morning, put your blueberries on. God, bring me somebody today that I can encourage, say a good word to, pray over, something simple, whatever. Just, just do it, God. Ask. If you have not, you have not because you, you don't ask. So we don't want to be selfish. We want to do the ministry of Jesus. Verse 8. For everyone, well, let me, let me change that. For 30% of the people who ask, receive. The other 70, you're just not good enough. Pastor Mark, that's me. I never get nothing I ask for. No, you're wrong. For everyone who asks, receives. So what does that mean? You better get ready. Because if you ask for an open door, you know what? It's coming. I don't know what to do with it, Pastor Mark. God's able. Relax. Relax. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And him who opens, the door will be open. Which of you... Then he talks about our Heavenly Father. You, you could see that God isn't against you. Watch this. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Next. Or if he asks for a fish, you give your kid a snake? Now, the only one that does that is that Andrew guy on the Food Channel where he eats weird stuff. Other than that, we, we would never do that. Verse 11. If you... If you, being a human, though you are evil in comparison to our heavenly Father, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Now, does that sound like God's against us? No, that's the year of favor. God is for us. He's for you. He knows you're hurting. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent him because we're here in a world that, well, it's hurtful. There's disastrous things happening. So Jesus, watch me. Here's what Jesus says. In that day in the synagogue, he looks them in the eye and he says this. I'm here and I care about the details in your life. God knows all of them. You know, a sparrow can fall. God knows. I care about your details in your life. Then he says this to them. God has sent me here to do what you can't do for yourself. You can't undo the hurt, but God can. So he says, I can do what you can't do for yourself. That's the very same message we have to take to the world. God sent me into your life today to pray for you. Some of you will sit down with a person this week and they're going to say, you know what? I say, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Well, you don't seem like it. Well, any any issue? I don't think our marriage is going to make it. Well, so let me pray for you. Well, what good will that do? We have a God who cares. The very details of your life. Or I got a bad report this week. Or this happened. Or that happened. No job or whatever. You see, we need to care for people. We have a God who's right here with you when you speak. He's able to meet any need. And we need to make sure those people know he's for them. Not against them. The year of the Lord's favor is here. We want to touch people. Like, Jesus, that's the reason for the bracelet. To remind us every time we look at it. What kind of a God do I have? I have a God who's here. He lives right in here. I have a God who's able. Nothing impossible with Him. And no matter what I'm going through, God, I know the enemy says you're against me. You're not. You're for me.
0: Our God provides. Today we heard how He not only provides for us, but through us as well. When we embrace our responsibility as followers of Christ... We will look for opportunities to meet others' needs. We can't be selfish, as Scripture says. It's better to give than to receive. That wasn't advice, but the truth meant to be lived out. Although dark times come to believers, He is always for us. His intention is never to condemn us. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll see how Jesus was able to fulfill His role as the perfect Lamb through the power of the Holy Spirit. As followers of Christ, we're also empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Father. We'll hear what it really means to love God and one another, which is the greatest commandment stated by Jesus. The Holy Spirit is with us because we are not capable to love that way on our own. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series entitled How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything.